Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to another episode of Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Shane from Shane Physiotherapy, and my co-host and pelvic bone specialist. Great. Who hasn't killed anyone yet, but despite <laughs> his lack, not for a lack of trying, I guess, Dr. E with Modern Manual Therapy, the Eclectic Approach, Edge Mobility System, and um, of, of Doc Media. <laughs> The reference to the pelvic bone specialist is our previous episode uh, regarding uh, a, an injury that one of his patients sustained to uh, their pelvis. So it's a good one. It's it's worthwhile listening to. For sure. So someone today, might, someone someone's going to get better with the right treatment, no matter how injured they are. Exactly. So today's a follow up episode to two stories that we told in the past. Uh, the first story is uh, Ursins. It's a very quick follow-up for those of you who uh, listened uh, to the previous episode, and we'll link it in the show notes, and then I have a follow-up as well. So uh, what's your follow-up story, Urson? So when is a rotator cuff tear a rotator cuff tear? I forget exactly what it was, but uh, it turns out that my neighbor, he needed uh, he ended up having surgery, and I didn't, hadn't followed up. He just recently had the surgery, and he's been immobilized for maybe the past uh, three weeks or so, which is should, longer than I thought he would be considering it was just a scope. We should preface it with the fact that he had a positive drop arm test for his shoulder and imaging showed no tear, correct? No, imaging showed a tear in a supraspinatus, infraspinatus, and it showed a slap tear. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I apologize. So, uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a major rotator cuff rupture because he had a positive drop arm. He had basically trace strength of abduction, external rotation. And I had never seen a drop arm that didn't have a major rotator cuff tear or rupture. And neither had you. So when the surgeon went in with the scope, he basically only found a minor rotator cuff tear. He didn't, he didn't say which one, you know, if it was only one muscle or what, but I was surprised. He didn't say anything about the slap lesion. They only had to repair it with a scope and he was just immobilized his, uh, we only got to check him out a day before his, his follow-up uh, with a surgeon, so he wasn't allowed to, you know, really take his um, sling off, but he had been taking it off at night. And he was really discouraged because he felt like his abduction and his elevation was not improved at all. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. I thought, and I thought, oh, you know, is it cervical? Is there something else going on? Because if, if it was repaired and if it was minor, what was going on in the first place, you know? Absolutely. So when I actually um, checked him out, his cervical range, cervical screen was still uh, negative, mm-hmm. and he did actually have. Um, previously, he'd only had maybe twenty to thirty degrees of active abduction before he started side bending the other way, yep. <laughs> his trunk. Um, he had full passive range before, so this time actively he could actually get to maybe about ninety-five nice. of scapula. Yes. And when I raised him up to about one hundred and forty, he can slowly passively lower the entire way. So no drop so he, arm. No drop arm. He did not think it was improved based on that he just couldn't lift his arm up to 180 immediately. Yeah, and, and that's that's expectations, right? People post-surgery thinking that, uh, oh, I got a surgical repair. I'll have full range of motion, full strength. That's what it does. Right, and some people, I've seen people who are like ready to go back to their sport within 
two days of their scope. Wow. But he, he was not one of them. Yes. Um, whether or not they should have, they basically self-discharged and did it anyway. I'm not saying they should have, but they, 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 they felt they, were, they, they felt so good anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the what was interesting about this case is that we thought for sure, both you and I, that it would show a major rupture and it showed a slap lesion. And normally, the we always talk about thought viruses and how bad, uh, how... Um, your prognosis is dependent on your the bad news that you may get from a scan. But in this case, the scan was worse than what the scope showed because the scope normally, the surgeon's always like, oh, well, I thought this was bad, but when I opened you up and put the camera in there, I saw all this degeneration and it looked 100 times worse. Yeah, we've all heard that. Yeah, but this time he actually said it was, oh, it was only a minor tear. Well, I'm and looking that, that discouraged the patient even more because he's like, well, if it was only a minor tear, how come I can't move now? Yeah. But it sounds as though, like, I mean, to have to be able to control 140 degrees eccentrically on the way down is spectacular. I suspect I'll have a full recovery. Right. No one ever checks their own drop arm. No. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. Um, so, what's your follow up? My follow up was I don't, I don't know if you remember the patient that I called you about who, late 30s, she'd experienced an episode of low back pain, went away. Uh, she went to the hospital for it, got an injection of an anti inflammatory, went away. And then a few days later, her bilateral, so her second toe on both feet, ended up sparsely swelling up and becoming hypomobile, like just difficulty moving it. And I remember, phone a friend. Yeah, phone a friend. That was, yeah. And you said to me, it's like, you know, like a back episode and then like bilateral, like both second toes, you said to me, it's like, that sounds like something central, right? Because if it was unilateral, like just on one side, pressing on a nerve, she'd only have symptoms. You're like, she needs to get this checked out. And I'd already, I already, I, I agreed with you. I concurred. I said, you know, I really think you should get A, go see your primary care physician and B, you know, this might warrant some imaging. Um, so I hadn't seen her in a while. She came back to see me, I think it was maybe about two months ago. And uh, it, it seemed like she had, she, she tested positive for HLA B27, which is, I think it's a genetic marker for having like some form of arthritis. So she, she was diagnosed with some form of arthritis, was put on prednisone, symptoms were getting better. And then I saw her a couple months later and she was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis. Oh, so she has, she has, our, she has some sort of systemic inflammatory process. And she also has ankylosing spondylitis. Yes. And, you know, it just, I don't know about you, but my experience of, you know, ankylosing spondylitis or AS as it's called for short, you know, in school was always. Is that it, what it's called for short? <laughs> yeah. It's AS. Oh, really? I don't know. I've never abbreviated it that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a limited exposure. Actually, they actually had a gentleman, I think in his late 20s come in and speak to us he was still really active and he said you know how he really you know kept himself healthy and strength trained and did mobility work to prevent sort of that classic kyphosis or curving of the upper back that's associated with uh ankylosing spondylitis but her presentation like i said she had she had a low back episode but she's had low back episodes before and then two toes so it, it the reason i want to bring up the story was by no means was it your classic presentation of as i don't know if you i'm I'm sure you've seen as at some point over your career if not multiple times right i mean there have been people who i was convinced they had as and they didn't you know like super stiff kyphotic older people with just general diffuse low back pain 
they were so stiff that like I, I would be amazed. One of them was a physician who ended up being like one of my top referrals. He was already one of my top referrals. He loved coming to see me for his back. But I mean, he was the stiffest guy I'd ever met in my life. And one day I was like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had ankylosing spondylitis. You said that to him? I did. Thought I mean, virus, thought I mean, virus. I just I, see lights. You know, I mean, this guy, it was like he moved. He could do nothing else other than hip hinge. Wow. Like he couldn't, the, the very, there is nothing in the way of segmental mobility from his head to his tailbone. It was like he had Harrington rods. Wow. I had never seen, he was the stiffest person I ever met. And he's like, hey, you know what? After I got those x-rays and my hips showed uh, that I had good space and, you know, mild to no arthritis and my same yeah. thing, I had good disc space and yeah. everything in my back. And he's like, I just started doing a ton more mobility work and I could move a lot better. And, and and his a lot better was maybe like 10% of what the average person should have, but it was still a lot better than him. But I mean, he, he would just go nuts on the mobility work. Uh, he was just a stiff guy, like high yeah. tone, super yeah. stiff. And then have you seen people where you've suspected AS and they've ended up having it? Not really. I mean, he's the only person who I really thought if this guy doesn't have it, I, I can't believe <laughs> like this is such a simple clinical presentation that I thought it would, but no, I have not. Okay. I've, had, I've seen people who like just came in with the diagnosis and I, I had no doubt that it was correct, but not that who came in without the diagnosis and I thought they had it. This is the first case I've seen and she keeps herself relatively fit and, you know, uh, I'll probably end up treating her. I suspect she's a relatively long-term patient. I'll see her maybe once or twice a year, but I'll give an update to it, you know, maybe a few months from now or a year from now just to, you know, give an update on sort of what things we may have to address for her for people who are interested. But I just thought it was interesting because of the presentation. So, you know, if you have a patient who presents with sort of an odd lack of mobility that comes about, you know, you, you think they're young, there's no other issue. As I said last time, you know, get it, get it, get further investigation, send them back to their primary care physician. For sure. It's always uh, trust your gut, right? Trust your gut. Exactly. All right. Hey, great update. And uh, how can people find you, Jason? We're going over 10 minutes, but I expected after this episode. Yeah, we thought so. Um, Facebook and Instagram, Shane Physiotherapy, or my website, shanephysiotherapy.ca. What about yourself? You can subscribe via email to our blog updates, which occur daily. The updates are weekly, but our blog updates are daily at themanualtherapist.com, which is Modern Manual Therapy blog. All our products and full-on seminars, including a BFR cert and a new product coming soon at edgemobilitysystem.com. All my courses are the eclectic approach, which I hope to see you guys soon. Make sure to tell them that you listen to my podcast and I'll say which one. And you'll say, you have more than one podcast. <laughs> and uh, also, thanks to UpDoc Media for hosting. Please rate us on iTunes and uh, five stars. And check me out on social media, modmt.com slash Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter. See ya. Sounds good. See you later.